Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, September 28th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Stevens. This is take three, by the way. Uh, Ashley. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving. That's fine. That's, that, we're transparent here. Matt, Matt doesn't know who he is or where I, he works for or whom he works for today. I know nothing. So, neither Literally, do I. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> over on This Week on Broadway with Peter, James, Michael, and Jan, they were joined for the full episode by the great and the good Rory O'Malley. Rory talked about his uh, organization, Belt the Vote, which um, obviously encourages people to vote in uh, this year's upcoming election, not just presidential, but obviously all of the national, state, and local levels as well, especially if you've paid more than $750 in taxes over the past year. (laughs) They also got in-depth about his Broadway debut in the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, but the fact that because he was a swing, he never felt super comfortable about his job, so he kept temping as well. Then they get into Hamilton and his connection with Lin-Manuel Miranda having been his doorman at one point. And then a a topic that I think is really super interesting and something that was literally, I think we talked about on the very first episode of Today on Broadway is that Rory was scheduled to be one of the stars in the Broadway musical Nerds, which um, had started rehearsals for Broadway and then abruptly got canceled because an investor pulled out and Rory goes into that and talks about how that changed his life. I've heard him talk about that on some other podcasts uh, as well and kind of made him um, move out to California and all this kind of stuff. So um, great episode. Always wonderful to have Rory. Uh, talking about theatrical stuff, but also to have him talking about Belt the Vote is fantastic as yeah, well. Yeah, amazing. Of course. I've, uh, I've had a sticker from them on my computer for several years now. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> great stuff that they do. Of course, if you want to be a part of these great interviews and conversations that we have on This Week on Broadway every week, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Not only can you get to be a part of that discussion, listen to them live, but that is where you can make sure that you get every single episode of Broadway Radio before it is released on our regular feed. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. On Friday, it was announced that an insane group of stars would be part of an upcoming stream of selected scenes from Angels in America. However, this will not be like the traditional Zoom readings that we've become accustomed to throughout the shutdown. Instead, it will be a free 60-minute stream on Thursday, October 8th that, quote, will focus on the experience of living through a plague, reaching through suffering to find hope, and on America striving and failing to reach its ideals of freedom. Playwright Tony Kushner will also provide an opening to contextualize the play in the light of COVID-19 pandemic that we are currently living through. The reading will benefit AMFAR, I think is how you're going to pronounce that. It's an organization dedicated to ending HIV and AIDS through innovative research. Mm-hmm. Now, all that's cool. Here's the fun part. Glenn Close will be playing Roy Cohn. Paul Dano, Brian Tyree Henderson, and Andrew Rannells will share the role of Pryor Walter. Laura Linney will play Hannah Pitt. Vela Lavelle and Louise Smith will play Harper Pitt. Jeremy O. Harris, S. Apatha Merkerson, and Larry Owens will share the role of Belize. And Brandon Uranowitz will play Louis Ironson. There will also be special appearances by Whoopi Goldberg, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Alan Cumming. Now, of course, I know that cast blows your mind, doesn't it? Correct. Well, 
quickly put your mind back together because this uh. is going to absolutely destroy it. Playing the angel will be Linda Amand, Nikki M. James, Patty Lapone, and Daphne Rubin Vega, but they will not be sharing the role necessarily. They will all be playing the role together-ish. Um, they talked about this in the New York Times article about this, but they're all, you can also see it in an actual 45 second trailer teaser, teaser trailer. It's absolutely uh, amazing. What they're going to be doing is they've painstakingly taken all of the four angels and overlapped them. So sometimes you're going to be seeing yeah. multiple faces at once. The face is going to kind of be melding back and forth between which angel it is. It the divine, am- the divine emanations. Yeah. It, it is absolutely amazing what they've done in this trailer and the rest of the, uh, of the stream looks to be pretty cool as well. It's not just going to be people sitting in front of their cameras in their living room. Um, there, it looks like there's like backgrounds and even though yeah, I don't there's think some these, production value. <laughs> yeah, there's production value. There's special effects. I don't think these people are all in the same room, but it looks like it. I don't know. I mean, it's only I a 45 second it. trailer and so we don't know, but Ashley, it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm assuming everyone was in their own separate locations and then it was very lovingly directed and edited together. I couldn't be more excited about this. I Once I saw, first of all, when I saw, uh, I got the press release where it was Patty Lapone and Glenn Close in a production together. My <laughs> brain but just exploded. That is how you know they're not in the same room. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's why that was my first assumption. Uh, I'm a noted Angels in America fan. I can't wait for this. This is such a perfect cast. I'm really interested in, I would love to speak to someone behind it and uh, find out, like, what uh went into deciding who was gonna like play who, like multiple actors were gonna play the same part versus one actor playing the same part because it seemed doesn't seem to be any kind of consistency there but i love all of the casting that they've done for this and it's a little hard to know how much each person is going to do because it is sure, just a 60 sure. minute selected scenes obviously the show is generally at least an hour and a half when you do all of angels in america that, yeah, you know, just not, uh, at least you're right. At least, at least. At least. You, you're not no, incorrect. So, <laughs> so you know, knowing d- depending on what scenes they do, some people it might actually be fairly well distributed. We don't know, but it is super interesting. Mm-hmm. You can get more information at thegreatworkbegins.org oh, if you if you would like to uh, learn more about it and see that teaser trailer. It is amazing. Patty Lapone and Angels in America is straight out of my dream journal. So it's a sight. It's a sight. I mean, do you want to put any anything else from that dream journal out into the ether? I mean, anything else? Not on a podcast, or at least not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. The Broadway after, radio Broadway after radio dark. After dark. Yeah. Eh. One other topic. All right, Ashley, let's move into some more theatrical businessy type of news. As on Friday, the Washington Post reported that a number of organizations led by the Ford Foundation and Bloomberg Philanthropies will be investing $156 million into national and regional arts groups. These grants will be given to organizations that are run by people of color and are at risk of permanently closing because of the pandemic. The initiative, called America's Cultural Treasures, will feature a national component that will provide operational and general support funds to 20 arts orgs that are, quote, 
significant national anchors for artistic and cultural diversity in America. The national grants will range from $1 to $6 million, and recipients are the Alaska Native Heritage Center in Anchorage, the Apollo Theater in New York City, the Arab American National Museum in Dearborn, Michigan, the Japanese American National Museum in Los Angeles, and the National Museum of Mexican Art in Chicago. There will also be a regional initiative, which will supply multi-year grants to groups with, quote, exceptional regional and local significance. Those Mm. groups have not yet been named. Um, There's a a cool note about this in the New York Times article about it. Apparently, when the shutdown started getting bad and the pandemic looked like it would be stretching more than, you know, just a couple weeks, the Ford Foundation issued, um, and I don't know anything about money or whatever, but they they released a bond offering, which raised $1 billion for the organization. And that was done specifically to substantially increase the amount of money they give out um, because they're a charitable organization. Oh, nice. Okay. So they knew that they were going to be investing money in in different organizations. So they – Got as much as possible. Yeah. And so this is where they, they're, um, putting $85 million into this effort. Yeah. Um, into this arts effort. So good for them. I, really I know the Ford Foundation yeah. does a ton of stuff in the arts, uh, but I don't really know much about it beyond that. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's like the Ford family. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know, but I think it's pretty cool. This is really great. Yeah. I hadn't heard anything about the bond stuff. So that's really interesting. Um, and good for them. We, you know, we've talked multiple yeah. times as far as, uh, organizations kind of shifting and creating initiatives for people of color. And it's good to see, uh, as we've talked about several times for other organizations, it's good to see actual action happening rather than just the vague, we're going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Put your money where your damn mouth is. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next, the New York City Council held an online hearing last week concerning proposed legislation aiming to create further opportunities for performances and similar cultural events in open outdoor spaces in the city. One of the proposals aims to adapt the city's outdoor dining measures to apply to cultural events, granting nonprofit organizations permits to utilize public uh, outdoor spaces to stage performances and rehearsals. There is not yet a date as to when this proposal will be voted on, as well as a couple of other related proposals, but at least there is some movement on the city government side, but Mm. actually it's... Late September. I was just about to say, we're almost into winter. I don't understand. Yeah. You know, I understand to an extent why they've had to wait so long because everything has been so up in the air. But why introduce this now unless you're absolutely going to be moving like in the next week or so on this and have like definitive legis- legislation in place? Because we're going to start I mean, dipping into 40 degrees. You, th- you thought people were sick just from COVID. We're, we're, all almost in, we're in flu season now, too. Well, and I would imagine that there would definitely be people willing to sit outside um, sure. to watch some art. But I'm one you could also do I'm it. I'm one of them. I grew up in Buffalo, the Buffalo yeah. area. I can, you know, <laughs> survive in totally. cold temperatures outdoors. But that's a bold ask it to, is. like, keep arts running especially because i know of at least two shows slash producers production companies that really want slash wanted i don't know if it's too late for them Mm. to have very big productions at the delacorte yeah and neither of those appear to be happening Um, but the 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 city council member who 
was one of the people pushing this, um, basically did say this is not going to cure all of the sure. arts organizations, sure. um, uh, ills, but they did say, um, I, let me see if I can find the quote here. I mean, um, I expect when they say, you know, even any kind of outdoor measures, I expect them, you know, to be not completely open air, that there'll be some kind of tent situation or something. Yeah. So maybe there's at least some way to do outdoor heating as they've done with a lot of out- outdoor dining so far. There's yeah. certainly been like patios and things I've sat on that have been completely heated. So there is a possibility to do it. It's not like completely like, oh, we're almost into October, which holy god we're almost into october there's no possible way to do it but you know to yeah that that kind of has to go to me across like every theater company for it to have any kind of equity for one and also to be anywhere near sustainable yeah what they said is that basically we understand that doing this isn't going to fix everything but the quote from council member jimmy van bramer said quote um we can get some of that 70 percent of performing artists who are out of work back so it's looking to just get something going for these people that's fine And, and you don't have to do performances just at night either like you could do you know weekend during the day performances when it is a little sure, warmer but sure anyway neither here nor there but yeah. finally on friday the actress fund announced the election of four new members to its board of trustees including the legendary debbie allen uh, mm-hmm. publishing executive and management consultant nancy s mcmillan producer and advocate elizabeth rico kubota whitney and netflix's vp of talent allison wright i thought this was actress allison wright uh, <laughs> who i love from the americans it is not although she would be great too but congratulations to all four of those individuals all right actually let's get into a couple things where some I don't know if friends is the right word for all of these, but like some, some folks that we have some connections to out there doing the work for themselves. Um, I want to start with a new Indiegogo, a crowdsourcing campaign that comes from the Skivvies. They are looking to produce their debut album, which is incredibly long overdue. If you ask me, this will be. I didn't um, even realize they didn't have one. I know, right? Wow. It's insane. So this is is going to be an album of their Rocky Horror Show that they had originally planned on touring this fall, which obviously is not happening. Mm. They launched this just on Friday, I think, or Saturday, maybe even. Uh, They're looking to raise $10,000 as of recording time with 36 days left. They have made um, $8,891, so they are well on their way, including some from me. Uh, But this album will include, obviously, the Skivvies, uh, Nick Searley and Lauren Molina, as well as Nick Adams, Christina Bianco, uh, Michael Cerveris, uh, Allison Frazier, Nathan Lee Graham, uh, Tamika Lawrence, Alice Ripley, Krista Rodriguez, Marissa Rosen, Will Swenson, and more. Uh, They're a great cast. They did this at Joe's Pub, I believe, last year. It's really Mm. fun. But uh, what's great about the Skivvies is you can watch all of their videos on Lauren's YouTube channel. Yeah. They've got some great um, perks, everything from shirts to masks to um, shout outs in the liner notes to videos from Nick and Lauren. Um all those kind of things. You can sponsor a song. Uh, all that's great. So I love the Skivvies. Seen them multiple times. And um, both in New York and here in Orlando. So uh, if you are a Skivvies fan, we will have a link in the show notes for yeah, you indeed. to contribute to their campaign. And who knows, if they get get a stretch goal, maybe something else will, fun will come from that as yeah. well. Yeah. 
And then the other thing that I wanted to mention, we talked, I believe it was when Alicia and I were doing a show together a week or so yeah. ago about yeah. our friend Jose Solis's new um, BIPOC Critics Lab. And it was a, Jose announced last week that, oh, you know, just something that he was doing because he felt it was needed uh, making this whole lab and working with um, the critics of color. He is now going to be teaming up with the Kennedy Center. You know, that little organization. Ever heard of it? The that Kennedy Center. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. He's going to be uh, teaming up with the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival um, for the 2020 BIPOC Critics Lab. If you would like to be a part of it, you can apply now through October 30th at uh, 12 a.m. Eastern Time. We've talked about this before. It'll all meet over Zoom every Sunday for 10 weeks, beginning on November 15th. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Jose so is somebody who is rad. making so many great things yes. uh, happen in this community. I, I am so proud that we have been able to talk to him multiple times and uh, and able to call him at least somewhat of a friend, even though I've never met him in person. But um, just exactly the type of person you want to see making big, incredible absolutely. things happen with organizations like the Kennedy Center. Yeah, uh, world changing. Honestly, totally. not not so hyperbolic. Like we're changing. This is gonna change the way critics are informed uh, and how they go about writing criticism, for that matter, and what that means, what that looks like in the future. And incredibly, incredibly proud. It's that kind of thing of not building a seat at the table, but building the whole damn table. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right, so that those are kind of feel-good things, but let's get into the real feel-good recommendations. The first one comes from uh, the cast of Jagged Little Pill, led by Celia Rose Gooding and Elizabeth Stanley. They performed the song All I Really Want as mm. part of the Democracy Remix um, event that happened over the weekend. The, uh, the video urges people to donate to the Center for Popular Democracy to help create real and lasting change for immigrants, working families, and communities of color. Uh, this is, I think, the second in like three shows where I've recommended something that included yeah, Celia Rose Gooding. Yeah, um, and well-deserved. Well-deserved because she is amazing. I also think, Elizabeth, so I had this conversation with somebody over the weekend. Elizabeth Stanley is so good. I don't think that she was really used super well in Jagged Little Pill. Correct. Uh, I don't think that's the type Correct of thing opinion. that like is great, like the right fit for her voice. But she she showed like she is one of the best singing actresses She's in the community. So I hope that... Um, you can kind of see this, and then hopefully whenever her time in Jagged Little Pill ends, we get her in another really meaty show that really fits perfectly what she does. Yes. And then finally, speaking of feel-good stuff, like, I've talked about how, like, the finale of Hairspray just Love makes it. me happy and cry yeah. every time I see it. Well, um, the the upcoming West End cast of Hairspray performed on Britain's Got Talent. Um, they f- sang not only Good Morning Baltimore, Big Blonde and Beautiful, but You Can't Stop the Beat, the one that always gets me emotional. Um, they will be returning to the West End on April 22nd at the London Coliseum. They will lead really the only major name um, that I think um, American people will know is Michael Ball. Michael Ball. the role of Marius will be playing Edna Turnblatt. Marisha Wallace, you might know uh, as well, should be playing mm. Motormouth Maybell. Um, so check those out great ways to start your week. 
All right, Ashley, that's all that we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday. Don't forget to head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. Have a great day. Someone will be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>